1: Let me tell you about uh, our spotlight sponsor. It's American financing. Uh, If you'll take five minutes, 10 minutes today and just call American financing. uh, I believe you will thank me in the end. Uh, I've been thinking about all those people who uh, said to me in 2008, nine and 10, you saved us from losing our Mm -hmm. entire savings. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to speak to you again. Uh, Now is the time that we have been talking about. And, and, Uh, Loans are going to get harder and harder for you to get. Um, If you can consolidate and get out of those high interest credit cards, it would be advantage right now. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, uh, by the way, that's AmericanFinancing.net. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, what's coming economically in hour number two today. And it is the Fed in the conservatory with the interest rates. That gave a clue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, tell you about that coming up uh, next. General Jerry Boykin and uh, a very frank conversation. Stand by. hour, you're going to hear a very frank and honest conversation from two men, myself and another, who have been deemed by the Southern Poverty Law Center as hate monger central. We're the biggest racists. we're the biggest xenophobes, we don't like anybody. This guy has an incredible record of service to the country. Uh, But uh, he's been under attack really almost, what, since 2006 when Islamists targeted him and it still continues. And when I say attack, I mean literally under attack as well. He's one of the co-signers of the letter that I read to you yesterday in whole from the flag officers for America. It was a warning to Americans that you need to get involved in local politics. You need to know what's going on in our country. We talked to him at length about that in 60 seconds. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, some people make it their business to try to spread a force for good in the world. And those people think God exists. That's what Pete and Seth Talbot set out to do when they founded Relief Factor. Most of the pain which keeps people down day after day after day comes from inflammation in the joints. And while the Talbots wanted to fight that inflammation, and while I can't speak for everyone, I can speak for myself, Relief Factor has played an enormous role in my world. Used to be in terrible pain all the time. Now, I have my life back. I'm not in pain all the time, and it's because of Relief Factor. It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start now for only 19.95, so you don't have anything to lose. You'll know in three weeks if this is going to work. If it's not working within three weeks, stop taking it. But you could be part of that 70% whose life changes relieffactor.com call them now at 800-583-84 try the three-week quick start uh, pack 800-583-84 it's relieffactor.com this man was one of the original members of the u.s army's delta force he was privileged to ultimately command these elite warriors in combat operations Later, he commanded all the Army's Green Berets, as well as the Special Warfare Center and school. He spent 36 years in the Army. His last four years as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. He's an uh, an ordained minister. And he is the head now uh, of the Family Research Council. He is the Executive Vice President. His name is is uh, Lieutenant General William Boykin. General, how are you, sir? Hey, Glenn, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. It's good to hear your voice. Good to be with you. Um, I want to I start with the letter that was released the other day from the Flag Officers for America. Can you go into that, and especially for people who haven't heard it, go into the warnings and, and why you and others felt it was important to make these warnings?
2: Well, Glenn, we all uh, all took an oath to the Constitution of the United States, and uh, we had no expiration date on that uh, oath that we took, even though we took off the uniform. Uh, we all feel that it is still our responsibility to support and defend that Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so we felt that uh, we had to, to do something. Uh, this is a first step. We don't We don't know what the next step is going to be precisely, but we are in this for the long haul. And uh, as we wrote this letter, we tried to outline uh, for not only the president himself, but for America, the things that we see that are uh, jeopardizing in an existential way the future of our nation and uh, it will, in fact... uh, Ultimately wind up in us not being a constitutional republic. Now we started out with uh, voter integrity, and we made no claims directly that the president was illegitimate, but what we did do is we did point out that uh, both the court and the Congress uh, just completely ignored uh, the the charges that were brought uh, you know up in terms of the voter integrity. And, uh, and we clearly know that there were things uh, within this election like dead people voting and illegal people voting and people voting without identification and state legislatures changing their laws without going through the proper process uh, so we we point that out in here
1: I you know I, I said uh, Jerry to the former president uh, I don't know if there were where there was enough to sway the election that would have to be proven but you'll never convince me that this wasn't a very dirty election that may have gone the other way if we knew the truth is that kind of where you're standing where i don't know but we have to have faith in our election we have to either prove or disprove it
2: that is exactly where i stand personally and i think this group as a whole and that's basically what we say in the letter here uh there was voter fraud no question about it now there's voter fraud in every election mm-hmm. this year though if you look at the evidence that is uh, that is verified evidence there was a there was a lot more voter fraud this time than than uh, we are aware of in previous elections, and uh, you know we just had a court ruling up in Michigan that the Secretary of State up there violated the law uh, in the voting process. So whether there was enough fraud that it would have made a, a difference or not, we're not addressing that in this uh, in this letter, and I personally don't know the answer to that. Just as you said but uh that we know that there was some voter fraud there was irregularities there and what we were saying in this letter is that we have to have a system that people can have confidence in that everyone is allowed to cast a vote and that vote will be counted and the will of the people will be served as a result of that election and we have to uh we have to do that in order to maintain this constitutional republic and then we go on to talk to them about um the way that our constitutional rights in mm-hmm. many areas are being eroded right now and
1: uh let and, me before we get into that let me let me ask you um i really i thought it was horrible when you know former prosecutors and uh you know and at another time you know former generals and everything else came out against donald trump and that when they did that it was purely political it felt to me uh and uh uh and i could see if i were for joe biden i might look at this letter and say you only are playing politics you're only saying this because it's it's uh joe biden
2: yeah huh. well Well, Joe Biden happens to be the president right now, but what we are seeing is we are moving to becoming a Marxist nation and and seeing the erosion of our liberties. Uh, It doesn't matter who the president is or the vice president. What matters to us is what we're seeing happen to our country. And you cannot deny anymore, no longer can you deny that we are becoming a Marxist nation. And that is something that uh, obviously you and I both have uh, taken a lot of flack for mm-hmm. uh, over the last four years as uh, as being, uh, you know, we've been called racist, superior.
1: Uh, uh, Supremist. Uh, supremacist. Supremist. Supremist,
2: yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and we've been called uh, uh, conspiracy theorists and all kinds of things. The reality is today we have openly Marxist organizations in the streets of America. That no one is doing anything about, but more importantly, we have them in our Congress. We have them, we're, We have sectors of our society that are being represented by Marxist Marxists, hardcore Marxist, and, uh, and, and just start they call themselves uh, democratic socialists. Well, go back and study a, a little bit on what <laughs> Marxism really is, and there is no such thing as a democratic socialist to begin with. Uh, that's a to- that's a term that has been coined here, but but Glenn, we're seeing a Marxist movement here I know. that uh, goes all the way back to 1958 when the Communist Party USA wrote the Naked Communists and told us exactly how they were going to take over America, and a lot of what we in- address in this letter is is exactly what was written in that book in 1958. Hmm. And we see it unfolding now at a very rapid rate, and we address it in here. And
1: so, uh, so if you're in the military now, you're, uh, you know, the current General Boykin, uh, and you're seeing what is happening to the country, and you're seeing what's happening to the Pentagon. I mean, it is, it's phenomenal when you when you have people now in solitary confinement. I think a violation of the Eighth Amendment uh, for an extended period of time, at least in solitary confinement and and uh, ramp up of the I think the lie that white supremacist is the greatest threat to our republic. uh, You're being sent a message and the military is being looked at and you you know they're looking for enemies within. If you are, you know, a flag uh, officer now, Jerry, what would you be thinking?
2: You know, uh, if I was a flag officer now, uh, I, I think I would be uh, probably uh, ready to walk into uh, whoever I reported to and lay my stars on the table and say, I can no longer, with good conscience, be part of this because of the oath that I took in 1970. Uh, and, and our military today is being used as a uh experimental test bed and, you know, you can't change American society in a substantial way unless you change the military. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Glenn, if you've seen the latest recruiting video I have. the cartoon. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's uh it, it is so disturbing, uh, especially when you think what are our adversaries doing? What are they who what kind of people are they recruiting? And, and how are they pitching uh the opportunities associated with serving in the military? and what they're doing is they're appealing to not only their patriotism but uh, but their their willingness to go out and, and and put their lives on the line for uh the uh, the country that they love, the country they live in and uh, it, but if you know here's what people don't understand if they haven't served. You can give a soldier all the technology in the world. You can give him everything that is uh, available. But there's nothing more important on that battlefield than the cohesion and the morale of those men and, and women that are out there fighting. Mm-hmm. That cohesion. And I've, I've written people up for the Medal of Honor and seen them in the White House to get the Medal of Honor because they sacrificed their lives for the other members of their team. Look, you don't get that by sitting people down in a classroom and saying, all of you guys over here that are white, you are oppressors. All of you guys over here that are black, you are the oppressed, and they're the ones that have done that to you. How do you build, how do you build cohesion how do well, you build a strong team? You don't. With that kind of nonsense. And I think
1: that is exactly the intent. I mean, the intent of Marxism is to divide and conquer, and the military was the one place that still people had faith in and was, you know, cohesive. And it is being torn apart from the inside. We'll continue our conversation with General uh, Jerry Boykin uh, in uh, in just a minute. Stand by. Literally one minute. Let me tell you about our our sponsor. It is car shield. A wise person once said life is like a box of chocolates. That's I don't know what that even means, but I think of chocolates and I'd like a box of chocolates at any time. And I believe also once your warranty expires on your car, it's only a matter of time before something's going to surprise break down. And right now, life is like a box of silicon chips. You right now, the average car, people are willing to pay five thousand dollars more to be able to get that car um, because there are no cars available. Now, cars are becoming harder and harder to get on the uh, on the car lots because of the silicon chip uh, uh, shortage. When you bring your car in your old, you know, I've got old trucks, I bring them in and it's a, a broken chip. Do you think they're going to say, oh, we got one of those on the shelves. They're already really expensive. Your car doesn't care about saving you money. CarShield gets you covered. You're not going to be on the hook to pay the thousands of dollars. So get coverage today and see why CarShield cars go further. Visit CarShield.com, use the promo code Beck, and save 10%. CarShield.com, promo code back a deductible may apply. Ten seconds, station ID. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is with us. And we were talking about the military, talking about how they're being divided. When you, first of all, do you believe that white supremacy is the biggest threat to our nation?
2: I believe that the uh, United States is going through the biggest con game that uh, we've ever seen, certainly in my lifetime. I, I'm sitting right here in my office right now, uh, six blocks from the Capitol. The Capitol is uh, is is surrounded with uh, concertina wire, uh, the, the kind of things that we use in a battle zone, and the White House has some as well. And then you have you have these uh, National Guard people out on the streets, Glenn. They don't even have a weapon. Uh, this is a con game. This is a con to convince the American public that white people. And those that are conservatives, especially those that are conservative Christians, are the biggest threat to America. They're a domestic threat. They're domestic terrorists. It's a con game. There's no intelligence that validates or reinforces that. Oh, you had, and,
1: you had two people testify in, on Capitol Hill yesterday that, that that's what the intelligence is saying.
2: That is, just, that is absolutely not true. It, it is uh, that again is part of this con game.
1: So what? So not true. So what if you again are? Uh, first of all, does the military serve the president? And I want to be careful on this question because I would say the same thing if Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan were in office, and right. I felt he was uh, dismantling the Constitution of the united states i am not asking this about joe biden i'm asking this in general terms does the military answer to the commander-in-chief or to the constitution
2: well the constitution makes the president in article two of the constitution it makes the president the commander-in-chief so yes the answer is yes (laughs) <laughs> they, op- they obey the orders of the president but when there is when the president is clearly incapable of performing those duties we have uh, we have an article i think it's article 25 that also allows for the removal by the congress of the president now i'm not in any way advocating that while i'm disappointed in what i'm seeing Here with uh, Joe Biden's presidency, I'm not advocating that he be removed. But I I will tell you that the, the military takes an oath to the Constitution, but the commander in chief is the president and they have to obey the orders of the president as long as they are legal orders. You cannot obey an illegal order. Now, I have never been confronted with that kind of thing, and I don't know that there's historically any situation, that uh, yeah, that where this has happened. But you know, people asked me before Joe Biden was uh, was uh, inaugurated, is the president going to declare martial law, or is he going to invoke the Insurrection Act? And my response to them was, I hope not. I cannot see a situation in which he would want to go down in history as the only president who refused to leave the White House and called out the military to ensure that he didn't have to. That is foolish because you got a tricameral government. you got three branches, and two of those branches, as far as I am concerned, in this election did not do their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 that is the Supreme Court and the Congress because I I think they were more afraid of the likes of Antifa and Black Lives Matters and the Marxist movement in this country. I think they were more afraid of them than they were focused on doing their jobs as uh, not only a Supreme Court with lifetime membership in that court, but also as uh, people that were elected by the people to represent them.
1: Jerry, we have 40 seconds for you to answer this, then we'll come back for for some more. But um, what happened with the National Guard being called out, that didn't seem normal at all. There was no mission or anything. Is Was that normal? Was that right?
2: No, it was part of the con. It's part of the con. You remember when uh, Donald Trump offered the National Guard and they wouldn't, it was rejected. Yes. In fact, the mayor of Washington ran them out of a hotel. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a con This was all part of a con And it's still going on And they're still on the streets
1: Okay, I want to turn our conversation To what our allies uh, And our enemies are thinking Uh, We can start with the The hacker group Darkside From, we believe, Russia And what is happening with that And the president saying That's a private matter We'll pick it up with General Boykin Next this is the Glenn Beck program. It's weird. and scary to have these conversations, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. There sure <laughs> is.
1: <laughs> this is this is an adult conversation. This will be taken out of context a million ways. But these are the conversations we should be having in America calmly, rationally. Uh, timeshare termination team. sound of the name is impressive, but there are a lot of companies out there that claim they can get you out of timeshare. Not many of them have the resources and the reputation that timeshare termination team has. So you bought a timeshare. Okay, fine. Now, have you been able to use it, uh, especially in the case of the past year? Were you able to use it at all? And you're still paying an arm and leg for it. Unlike other companies out there, Timeshare Termination Team has a dedicated team of in-house attorneys that work exclusively for this company and specialize in timeshare cancellation law. So get out 100% guaranteed. And if you use my name, when you call, you'll get 20% off. So call 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-GET-YOU-OUT, or visit them online at TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. That's TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. you missed last night's glenn tv and stu
0: does america you can get them on youtube subscribe for free the channels are stu does america and blaze tv
3: the
1: former commander of all of the army's green berets as well as the special warfare center and school also Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence for his last four years, after 36 years in the Army and an ordained minister, we are talking to uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, also the Executive Vice President of the Family Research Council. Chief Jerry, I wish you would have done something with your life. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to I turn our attention over to our enemies here for a second, because you do talk yeah. about this in that in that letter, letter from the uh, flag officers um, yeah. that you released yesterday or the day before. Um, we have the the hit on the colonial pipeline. We we believe that Darkseid is from Russia. I, I don't believe you do anything like this on this scale in Russia without Putin at least giving a, a nod or somebody uh, saying, yeah. yeah, go ahead, you can do that. The president said that this was a private matter and colonial would have to decide whether they paid the ransom or not. Um Huh. I, I've I've I I've I mean maybe I've watched too many episodes of twenty-four, but I don't ever remember hearing a president say you can negotiate with terrorists. Um and isn't this the federal government's primary? Uh, job to protect business and people from from f- foreign attacks
2: yes it is i came into the uh, counterterrorism business when uh, the delta force was created in 1978 and one of the first things that they told us is we do not as a nation we do not negotiate or pay ransom with terrorists and uh, and now it is a shock to me to hear this from the president's uh, administration. But uh, look, I, I I will just tell you that uh, this is an attack on our infrastructure. Look at what this is doing to the East Coast of the United States, mm-hmm. and and if that is not a significant attack on America, then I don't know exactly what. What it is. So
1: I don't know. You're an expert in these things, but if it were directly tied to the Kremlin, wouldn't this be an act of war?
2: Oh, I think it would, and it's and we have to get used to uh, the fact that uh, we are seeing uh, war in a different way than yeah. what we have seen in the past. We've got to look at cyber attacks as being part of an attack on America It uh, you know, affects everybody.
1: It wasn't, what, three summers ago that uh, Putin said, I don't know what I have to say to you, your, your European leaders. He was talking to the press. But we're already in war, and yeah. it's being fought with ones and zeros.
2: Yeah, he and he was... He was absolutely on the mark, he was spot on, he was prescient in, in that statement. And it's uh, sad that uh, we haven't come to grips with that, and, un- and we don't understand that yet as a nation. We're still looking for tanks, you know, maneuvering on the battlefield before we're willing to call it a war. No, we're at war. And China is, we're very much at war with China, and have been for some time. And look, we're at war with Iran, and we're. It's, in some ways it's a secure, surrogate war. But uh, you know, we are fighting right now. What you see in in uh in Jerusalem right now, what you see all over Israel right now is is largely sponsored by supported by funded by Iran right they're right in the middle of this, and we cannot ignore that, and they're going after our closest ally, probably in the world uh oh are they is, is israel
1: <laughs> are they anymore I mean uh, Jerry, I've never seen a time where we have been on the wrong side of almost every issue. Yeah. Uh, we, we are we are negotiating with <laughs> with hackers. We're negotiating with the terrorists in Iran. We're standing by why Israel is attacked. Uh, we are not doing anything about Russia. Uh, China is walking all over us. And our president's son still is taking paychecks from the Communist Party uh, apparatus in China. I mean,
2: (laughs) who are we? What what does the world think of us right now? Look, I I will tell you this. This is my belief, and I've said this on other programs. I don't believe that we would see uh, the events in in Israel right now unfolding if Donald Trump was still the president of the United States, because I think he established that he was going to support Israel. And think about this. When he moved the embassy to Jerusalem, he was told by just about every one of his advisors, you're going to start a war, and, and it's going to be bad. Well, he moved it. And how long did the the, did the uh, rioting last there? Uh, about 24 hours, and it was mm-hmm. over. Now, Now, why do we now have a situation where this is, uh, this is becoming very, very serious there, and we've got probably well over 100 people that are, are killed, and that, that information is about 18 hours old right now. And this would not have happened, and it would not have gone on this long. I think that Donald Trump would have immediately stepped out and said to the world, what can I give you, Israel? What do you need? Yes. How can we help you protect yourself? Because this, this whole thing is, is uh, I think, a test of Joe Biden's leadership.
1: I think it's not only a test, but it is also uh, a test of the loyalty of those Marxists in, yep. our, in our own uh, government as well, who are for all of this stuff. Let me, um, uh, let me ask you about, we now have a new number of 130 people far more than what was previously known. We haven't come out with the numbers with the CIA. They are supposed to be substantial as well. Uh, but somebody has some sort of a, a ray uh, that was first seen in Cuba. It's now being seen in parts of the United States, all around the world. Um, and it, it looks like it's tied to Russia. Any idea on the 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 ray gun or whatever it's called or whatever it is that is causing these brain injuries in our spies and diplomats and soldiers?
2: Well, first of all, this is not new technology. And keep in mind, the Chinese have have had uh, uh, technology that would actually take out our satellites. They've had that for for some time. And uh, one of our big challenges has been trying to defend ourselves against that. But I don't know the details of nor specifically where this is coming from mm-hmm. but i guarantee you that this is not something that is being uh designed and and deployed by the uh evangelical christians uh, <laughs> that are the, supposed to be the uh the biggest uh, domestic threat today uh i so i don't know that i don't know where it's coming from but uh once again somehow it will wind up being blamed on on the very people that uh... that you and i represent
1: who do you what do you think of general lloyd austin
2: lloyd austin i've known him for a long time and lloyd was a uh... he lived next door to me at fort bragg and he was my he was uh... A, a friend and i think lloyd had a very distinguished career but i think that lloyd was not prepared for the politics uh... that he stepped into in washington and, as far as I am concerned, Lloyd has compromised on issues that he knows are not in the best interest of our nation and and again this this is where I say when you take time away from the training and the preparation for winning wars and you go through stuff like critical race theory, uh, you are wasting those soldiers' times uh, that they need to be ready to go prepare for war. And Lloyd Austin is advocating that and pushing that, and I think that's a huge mistake. So I think he's wrong about that, and I think he's gotten caught up in the politics of Washington and it has had a negative effect on him.
1: In your opinion, you said earlier that you would walk in and put your stars down on the desk and say, I can't serve this anymore. Uh, in your opinion, the the brass of the military, not the uh, not the the civil servants, but the the actual military. Yes. What do you think the percentage is that is at least feeling like this is not right? Uh, this is there's something very wrong here.
2: Oh, I think that uh, they all know. I, I'd say to the to every one of them knows that this is not in the best interest of the military to be off on this. Tangent that we're on right now, and uh, making it a test bed as well as wasting the time uh, on on these nonsensical things like critical race theory. I think every one of them knows that. I think they all know that this is not helping our military. But I think that you've got uh, you've got some people in there that uh, that are very much on. The left side of the political spectrum who are enjoying seeing this happen, in spite of the fact that they know that it's not doing anything to make our military more effective on the battlefield. So, does
1: this just continue, or do you expect to see people stand up?
2: I think you're going to see a, a quiet exit. I think well, I, that's, I got that's not helpful, it. is it? No, a guy called me yesterday from Kuwait. He said I'm, I'm over here. He said I'm. He had he had read the letter, and he called me and he said uh, I'm leaving. He said I can't take it anymore. He said uh, I'm going to help get them out of uh, Afghanistan here, and then I'm done. He said this is what what I am seeing in the military today is not what I signed up for, and I am going to leave. Well, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I think that the recruiting, you just have, you know, go back and look at this recruiting ad, this little cartoon recruiting <laughs> ad that you and I talked about earlier. And you ask yourself, who is that going to attract? Who's gonna, who is going to be stimulated to want to serve with an ad like that? And I think what you're going to see is not only a, a quiet exit, but I think you're going to see recruiting uh, really become much more difficult in our military. I think that uh, moms and dads are not going to want... Johnny and Janie uh, going into a military like
1: that. I will tell you, um, my son has talked about, you know, possibly going into the military. And uh, I'm really torn. I want good people in the military, uh, but I am afraid of what they could easily become.
2: The military is so critical to this nation. I mean, we wouldn't be a nation if it were not for the... Young men and women that have signed up, as Isaiah did, and said, here am I, send me. But I have to tell you, I've got grandchildren now, and I don't know what I'm going to tell them. I don't want them in this army. I don't want them serving under this commander-in-chief or, or under the uh, chain of command in our military right now that is standing by and watching the destruction of our military. This is a serious situation, and and I'm with you, Clint. I don't know what I'm going to tell him. and I spent 36 and a half years in the military. Wow.
1: General, I I just so love you, and uh, I thank you for your service. I thank you for your um, your willingness to speak out. Uh, I thank you for your willingness to speak uh, the words of, of God uh, as you understand them, and uh, I just think you're a very, very brave patriot, and— I thank you for all of your service.
2: Well, that's very kind of you, Glenn, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you're doing and have been doing, and you've been doing this for a long time. So to stay in the fight. Uh, we're going to ultimately, we're going to turn this around, but it's going to take all of us working together and being bold enough to not care what people say about us. Yep. And you're one of those people.
1: God bless you, Jerry. Appreciate it. General uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. All right. Um, you know, the irony is not lost on me that I spent all these years raising a boy so he could go out and mow the lawn for me only for Hustler Turf to turn lawn mowing into something fun that now you're like, well, I want to No, it's my turn to mow the lawn. Hustler zero turn lawnmowers are designed engineered and assembled in the US using American and global parts these are these things are built like tanks with a lawnmower blade uh, Hustler Turf is a third generation family company they provide hundreds of jobs in America's heartland uh, and they build the best mower you can buy I want you to look at their new, 2021 raptor series built for homeowners with less than three acres it can cut your your lawn mowing time in half visit your near uh, your nearest hustler dealership and take a hassle-free test drive they're going to help you select the right lawn mower for your application Be there after the uh, sale when you need parts or routine service. They are always there. Find your local Hustler dealer at HustlerTurf.com. There's over a thousand nationwide, so there should be one close by. Find your dealership at HustlerTurf.com. Coming up next hour, we are going to talk about the economy. What the hell happened to Elon Musk and Bitcoin yesterday? What the? Well, what is he doing? You forget sometimes that Elon Musk is not a conservative. No, I know that. <laughs> no. I know that. But he is somebody who has believed it. in blockchain and everything else. This the, he just came out and said he's stop. He is going to stop taking Bitcoin at Tesla mm-hmm. um, because uh, the environmental impact of mining. That's over in what, like five yeah, a few years? years, and you know the majority of
0: it is done with the renewable resources. I mean, it's yeah, not even—it's it, it's compl- not a it's problem. An inane argument that has been debunked a zillion times. What Again, did he do? Why you, you, do you, you suppose for, he did that? You forget that he is a guy who's building spaceships to escape global warming. No, I know that. And I, that I, is I know who that. he is. He's going to believe the kind of environmentalist craziness uh, at every turn. And he like, built his company on uh, Bitcoin. I mean, he... Look, Tesla is an electric car company. We forget uh, yeah. because we think of it as a really good car company. And they make cool cars that go really fast and... You know, he makes spaceships and he's an interesting guy and he's been really interesting on a lot of things uh, yeah. over the past few years but you've got to remember this is his core his core is the oh, craziest environmentalism you can imagine no and I mean he is yeah. he
1: is in with Al Gore he's just instead of flying around on a jet he's building a rocket and saying, I think we all should get off the planet
0: And I'll say, like, <laughs> he, like he's doing it uh, as a private business guy And I'm fine No, I'm I, fine like, I don't agree too. with him on this stuff But it's like it's infuriating when he's like degrading a promising new currency That goes around the government because yeah. of environmentalist nonsense
1: Dropped 12% since yesterday this is the Glenn Beck program all right our sponsor this half hour is uh, rough greens I saw president miles again on Instagram <laughs> yes last night my, my dog 16 uh, year old pug miles uh, which he, is very old but in dog years Joe Biden is still older yes which is weird <laughs> I know and I will say you see a lot more of president miles
0: than you see of Joe Biden lately I have and I think president miles is a little bit more active nimble uh, yeah, yeah nimble he's yeah. awake more often uh, there's a a lot of things like that but he yeah. sleeps
1: like 22 hours a day <laughs> give or take
0: yeah give right. or take yeah. yeah he does sleep quite a bit but he uh look he's doing really well and i mean he keeps chugging and the, i think the rough greens is helping him and does help him get up and you know he, it, hel- it seems to i don't know if I mean, it could just be my imagination,
1: but it seems to help him get around. Like, it seems to help oh, with I his f-
0: joints. I don't know I what think it is. I think it does
1: with uh, with Uno. Really? I mean, German Shepherds, when they get to be Uno's age, have a lot of problems with their hips and everything yeah, else. Yeah, He he doesn't have anything. The vet just said he's like he's three. and uh, He's nine. Wow. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash back 833-GLEN33. RoughGreens.com. Welcome to the Glenbeck Beck Program. Today, one of my least favorite people is Elon Musk. Uh, mainly because he just said, yeah, Tesla, because it's bad for the environment, it's not going to be taking Bitcoin anymore. Really, Elon, really? So you're not going to make those rechargeable cars that are recharged on electricity because the Bitcoin mining systems are powered by electricity. Uh, somebody check his math on the rockets because I think he might be smoking something. Uh, we're going to I'm going to tell you why the why the world is flocking to Bitcoin or any other kind of currency gold or anything else. Why is that happening? Oh, you will understand in layman terms in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So Jared wrote me about his recent experience. He said, I heard, American, uh, I heard about American financing on your program, Glenn, and figured I'd give it a shot. We were looking to refinance our home and consolidate some of the revolving debt. From the initial conversation, it was the best mortgage process I've ever had, and I've had a few. Jamie was the guy who helped him from American uh, financing. He said he guided me through the process, make sure I had all the right documents and information. He kept me up to date on where we were in the process. And when I needed to get the, you know, a test done, they suggested some local businesses who could do the test. In the end, it was a great experience. And as a result, our financial situation is much better. Thank you, American Financing. That's going to happen to you if you just take 10 minutes and call and just say, "Hey, here's my situation, can you help?" They'll tell you yes or no quickly, and there's no high pressure or anything else. They work for you, not the banks. Call American Financing now at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440 or go to americanfinancing.net. American Financing NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Alright, I want to talk to you about inflation, but I'm gonna to try to break this down into everyman terms, and it's it's difficult, but when you understand it, it's not difficult at all, and the answers become very, very obvious on what we are to do. Inflation is heating up all across the economy. Mathematically, that is guaranteed to do that that is going to happen if you start printing money and pumping cash into the system increases in the money flow always result in corresponding increase in prices why because there're more dollars chasing the same amount of goods and inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods that's what makes the price go up inflation Your average high school economics student can do this math, but somehow the PhDs at the Fed can't. The official inflation number now, as of yesterday, was 4.2 percent. That was a lot more than the Fed was expecting or anybody was expecting, less than what I was expecting. If you look at the old, we did this yesterday, if you look at the old index, if you look at the way we used to model it, it's between 11 and 13 percent. If you or 8 and 13%, actually, if you look at the number from the 90s. But if you look at uh, consumer inflation with more modernized index that measure real world 2021 cost of living, they are showing inflation sitting at closer to 12% for the month. But these numbers mean nothing. They only mean something to you when you go to the grocery store or you try to buy something. Are you paying more or are you paying less? Are we going in the right direction or the wrong direction? The disturbing news here is if you look at the producer price index, this is the index that predicts future consumer prices because the products to make products, you know what I mean? The steel to make the cars or you know, the widgets or the the fertilizer or the alfalfa to feed the cattle. You look at those things and say it's going to cost these people more, so they're going to have to charge more at the end. The producer price index. Shows the uh, prices passed on to consumers in various ways is sitting at 22 percent. That's the inflation that is still yet to come. The PPI measures commodities that companies have to pay to build and make stuff. The commodities are not part of the consumer price index. Copper, steel, aluminum, lumber, corn, cobalt, rubber, all of this stuff. We know lumber is up nearly 400 percent in the last 12 months. Copper is up 100 percent. you know, that's going to get much, much worse if we actually do fix infrastructure and our electrical grids and everything else, because that's all copper. When the United States government is going to buy billions and billions and billions of copper, how do you think you're going to get the copper for your house? Is it going to be up or down in price? Corn is up over 100%, including 50% in just the last two months. So if producer prices predict future consumer prices, the rapid inflation we're seeing in consumer prices isn't just transitory as the bank of america called it and they're not saying it's transitory inflation they're saying it's transitory hyper inflation what's coming our way will be with us maybe if we're lucky for months it could be years and i'll explain why the fed says it will be temporary and it's going away but given the trillions of dollars they flooded into the economy it would be some time before all that currency sloshing around can be sucked up. So how do you fix inflation? How do you why? This was the charter of the Fed to ensure the money supply, the full faith in credit and to keep inflation under control. Right. OK, so they have two weapons you can fight inflation with. The first it's a wad. The F- Fed is already shot. It can restrict the currency supply. The classic definition of inflation is the increase in the currency supply that drives an increase in the prices of goods and services because people now have money. They go out and buy things. So in reverse, a decrease in the currency supply must inherently cause a decrease in the price of goods and services. That only makes sense. That's the way it's done. There are two ways. Okay, in this case, between Uncle Sam and Uncle Fed, 12 trillion dollars in covid stimulus funds have already been released into the economy. The currency is already out there, so you can't restrict the currency because it's already out the door, gang, already driving up prices, already burning holes in the pockets of banks and mega corporations that are busy buying back their stock and paying bonuses to brokers. Now, the other major policy tool the Fed has to fight inflation is interest rates. This one gets really interesting fast. How do you suck all of that money back in? The Fed loans banks money, and they say it's 5% interest. So the bank has to pay the Fed 5% interest. What the Fed does with that 5%, they don't treat it as a profit, they burn it. Okay, that's what brings the money supply down. Imagine how much burning would have to go on for this. In the 1970s, Paul Volcker, who was not a popular guy at the time with some, he staved off inflation rates of 14 percent a month by raising the federal funds borrowing rate to 17 percent. So the Fed said to the banks, you want to borrow money? It's 17 percent. Then banks would add another 3% of profit on top of that. So you're looking at almost a mob loan. And it almost stopped the heart of the economy, but it pulled all that cash back. Okay. By the time Reagan won the election in 1980, inflation had dropped from 14% to 4.3. All you have to do is raise the interest rates. Okay. Here's why the Fed can't do that. They're saying, we're not going to do this for probably a couple of years because we got to see that. No, no, they're never going to do it. They're never going to do it. Here's why. Rock meet hard place. When Volcker raised the interest rates to 17%, making it really expensive for anybody to borrow money, the U.S. federal debt was just below $700 billion. We owed less than a trillion dollars. GDP ratio, 33 percent. Today, our U.S. federal debt is twenty eight point four trillion dollars. That's today. That's not including all of the stimulus and everything else that the Fed has done. Twenty eight point four trillion dollars. Our debt to GDP ratio sits at one hundred and thirty percent. Oh, by the way, that debt and debt to GDP, both all-time highs. And they're both all-time highs before the Biden-Harris COVID bailouts and green new infrastructure part one, part two. By year's end, estimates point to around $31 trillion in debt and 135% debt to GDP. So why am I talking about any of this? Let me go back to Volcker in the 1980s when he raised interest rates to 17 percent it would be the death knell of the united states of america today we have over 28 trillion dollars in debt that debt is made up of various types of interest bearing bonds they're short-term bonds when people buy them you know you get an interest rate we're borrowing money from people and it's like we have an adjustable rate that's what you have to understand when interest rates go up You don't want an adjustable rate. You want to lock your mortgage into that low rate, right? Our loans aren't locked in. They're adjustable, kind of, because we are constantly borrowing to keep that going. So when they raise interest rates, you get into something called the cost of servicing the debt. I love that. The cost of servicing the debt is going to go up. What does that mean? That means run like you're running from the gates of hell. Now, the interest paid out to the bondholders is based on the federal funds borrowing rate. So if the Fed increases the cost of borrowing, the cost goes up for Uncle Sam as well. So the interest the government has to pay out against all of this debt increases every time the Fed raises the interest rates when u.s debt was low higher interest rates were painful but not deadly but when we're closing in on 30 trillion dollars and deficits projected in the two to three trillion dollars a year for the next five years the cost of servicing that is going to outpace our ability to pay for it Current debt, $28 trillion round numbers. Currently, the Federal Reserve funds rate is 1%. And on average, U.S. bonds across all types pay an average of just under 2% in profit to anybody who took that, we borrowed that money from. So you get 1.8%. So the current cost of servicing $28 trillion in debt at 1.8% is $504 billion every year in interest. $504 $504 billion. So out of the total U.S. budget every year, this year, $3.2 trillion, $504 billion of that is just to pay interest. Already insanely high. Insane. And that's $1.8. Hmm. You want to guess what U.S. bonds paid out in 1977 when Volcker spiked the Fed fund rate to 17%? You want to guess what that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> U.S. bonds paid an average of 7.99%. That is 444% higher than it is today. So let's do the math. If the cost of the government to pay interest on the debt was 7.99% against a debt of today, $28 trillion, the annual debt servicing cost, just the interest, $2.2 trillion our entire budget is 3.2 trillion now and they say there's no cookies in the counter that we can get rid of there's nothing to the, the it's all bare mm. just the interest is 2.2 trillion dollars that means 3.2 that is supposed to cover everything roads bridges military courts national parks social security medicare obamacare <laughs> The interest due on the debt matched in 1977, nearly 70% of every dollar the government takes in would be going to pay interest. That's why they're never going to raise the rates. Because they can't raise the rates. The only weapon left to fight inflation is to raise interest rates. But raising interest rates would put the government into a death spiral. Deficits don't matter. We've heard it from the right and the left. Yes, they do. Especially when you look at the interest that you have to pay. I know there are people that have uh adjustable mortgages. You got to get out of the reju- uh, adjustable mortgage. If you have an adjustable mortgage, you're screwed if they would ever raise the rates. You could lose your house because all of a sudden your payment goes from 500 to 800 a month because you're paying more interest we're about to lose the house gang that's why all of this is happening now they're spending like there's no tomorrow because there is no tomorrow for the dollar keep your powder dry they say the government's never defaulted on debts uh, I think after uh, last year and just the beginning of this year, I would uh, swear off the word never. Jerry is tough as nails. He grew up on a farm. By the time he was an adult, he was in incredible shape from long hours of farm work, years of playing soccer and boxing. I mean, it's we're practically twins. As he got older, though, Jerry started to notice he was developing a lot of pain throughout his body. All of the exercise and hard work began to catch up to him, and he didn't feel as good anymore. That's when he discovered relief factor. Jerry tells me that after just a couple of weeks of taking it, his pain was down to a minimum, and today, he's back to his old active self. Relief factor. It's not a drug, but developed by doctors, and 70% of the people t- who try it go on to order more. So order the three-week quick start. You're going to know if it works in the first three works, uh, weeks. If it's not working, don't order it anymore. It's 1995. It's worth 20 bucks to see if you can get your life back. Relieffactor.com. Call 800 583 It's 800 583 com. It's relieffactor.com. 10 second station ID. Maybe tomorrow I'll get into forbearance, because that's what we're... People don't know what that word means, but that is... I mean, you want
0: to talk about a sexy tease for tomorrow's show? Tomorrow, forbearance.
1: Buckle up, everybody. Pretend you don't know what it is, (laughs) and guess what you think it is.
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, passion sexiness, yeah. excitement, yes, it is titillating topic, yeah. the forbearance for for world. For us
1: older folks, it's as exciting <laughs> as Dynasty used to be.
0: I'll say, when, uh, when you talk, the, the, w- the interest thing is really a big problem <laughs> because it, it, it's like, it's one thing for us to complain about spending money, right? We can all sit here and say, well, we should have this program. We shouldn't have this program. Mm-hmm. This is money. We're just spending on essentially nothing, nothing right it's just the the right to borrow money we've already spent mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. if we have that money which is constantly turning over and those rates change we will wind up spending the cost
1: of like a new joe biden program this is why you're just on nothing you're right and you're ready for this um this is why greece went into revolution This is why America will go into revolution if this continues, because the only solution is is to pay that debt. You have to pay that at some point. You have to pay that interest rate. So when you are asked to pay that interest rate, what does the government do? They have to cut back on all of the things that they've just convinced you was a right. And then they have to raise taxes. But because nobody has any money. Nobody can pay taxes because businesses go out of business because nobody's spending money. This is how you become Venezuela. Every time, every time somebody goes down this path, this is the path that leads to Venezuela. And we got to stop. We have to stop. We should, If you know, why the government didn't buy Bitcoin? Why we didn't spend uh a million dollars five years ago on Bitcoin could have had our debt paid off. <laughs> OK, why we didn't do that. Why we're not buying gold. You know what what Russia and China are doing. They're selling bonds and buying gold. What are we doing? You, you just think of the waste mismanagement and missing money. That is going to happen with 19 trillion dollars that has been spent in the last 12 months. There's no accounting firm in the world. Yes, even the ones that guard the coveted envelopes for the Oscars. (laughs) There's not an accounting firm in the world that could track 19 trillion dollars without a system. It's just, oh, you know what? Hey, I found 19 trillion dollars in the couch. I'm going to give it to people. Uh, no. No. No, what are we doing? We're enslaving ourselves, driving our country towards Venezuela uh, and enslaving our children for generations to come. To who? The Chinese? Think we're going to stand up to the Chinese when we don't have any money and a lot of money is owed to them? You think you're going to keep that cute national park, California? This is the Glenn Beck program. Stu and I were talking this morning. Feels like this is the top of things. Uh, and it only downhill from here. Uh, he said, I'm thinking about selling my house. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it the last couple of days too. looking at this. I mean, it's it's frightening. It's frightening. If you are thinking about buying or selling a house, you need the right real estate agent. Real estate dot com. The name says it all. If you want a real estate agent that you can trust to find the right house, the right neighborhood, sell your house on time and for the most amount of money and help you buy a house in maybe a state you've never been in before. Somebody who knows that neighborhood that you want to be in with your kids. You need a real estate agent or two that you can really trust. And that's what we will provide for you. All you have to do is just email us. We'll get back to you usually in five or 10 minutes with the names of at least one person in your area, if we have it, uh, that is the best real estate agent in that area, according to you know our uh, standards. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service to you.
0: And head over to blaze tv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is glen. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze TV.
1: This, this is the Glenn Beck program. If you missed uh, today's broadcast, make sure you get it wherever you get your podcast. The first hour was riveting with uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Uh, former commander of uh, all special forces in the United States. We had a frank conversation uh, about the letter from the flagged uh, officers um, of the United States and uh, the trouble that we are in. It is a little terrifying, <laughs> but information that you need to know. Well, I'll
0: tell you what, Glenn. I just, I'm just very disappointed in you uh, for you just holding out on the people you're just like you get a, get them all excited with that forbearance talk and then you're like oh we're going to bring that to you tomorrow <laughs> i mean people you watch are on what the you say i'll seat. tell you
1: what forbearance Look, is people are on the edge of their seat right. they want to know about forbearance. So shut up. Shut up. I just I just talked about the interest rate and why the Fed is lying to you. And they say, we just don't think it's time to raise interest rates. They're never going to raise interest rates. They can't raise interest not rates. Not to those levels. I mean, they're probably raised them, right? I mean, they're just not going to raise Maybe. them to 18%. Which is but, the only way to stop inflation. Right. I mean, this kind of inflation that is coming. Um, uh, but the other shoe to drop is... The forbearance shoe, and I know it sounds super sexy, but actually it is. It's really important. And once you get past the fancy terms, you realize. Holy cow, what? Let me explain this in a way Stu will understand, you know, when. You know, you're all hot and bothered, and and your and your wife says, "Not now." Uh, yes, I do know that. Okay, good. That's forbearance. Okay, okay? <laughs> all right. She's just saying, "Not now." Mm-hmm. But that you know,
0: does that mean not ever? I never have to pay? Is that uh, no, no? Okay, okay
1: so forbearance, <laughs> uh, forbearance is <laughs> the is the idea that you don't have to pay things uh, right now. And that's when the the first covid bill came in and said, you don't have to you don't have to pay this. Uh, it was the first CARES Act. It passed overwhelmingly with Congress. It was you know, signed into law by Donald Trump, and it allowed the federal agencies to extend forbearance to homeowners. Now, when you heard if you were impacted by covid-19, uh and the uh, federal reserve bank and the government lending programs and uncle sam said you, you don't have to worry about that nobody's going to be evicted what did you think that meant i mean it it seemed like it was a
0: temporary thing i guess right, but, right? like you so you had extra money that month you right? have extra money so you can you can I mean, you can't be thrown out of the streets. There's a pandemic going on. Correct. Correct.
1: So what happens to the money that you didn't pay for 12 to 18 months? What happens to it? I mean, uh, uh, is it just called off? Remember the definition of forbearance, mm. Stu and Lisa. <laughs> Just not right now. Not now. So you have to come back and pay all that you back rent? You have to pay. Now, listen. If Is you that true? Do, Jeez. Yes, that's true. <laughs> There's, no uh, one's going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bank of America estimated that through March of 2022, 22% of its loan portfolio had gone through some form of loan modification or forbearance. So 22% of Bank of America, that number is a lot, lot higher. Um, Here's the thing. The federal court just said government didn't have a right to do that. You can't do that. So now they've called off forbearance. Okay? I I want you to understand what all of this means. In the original CARES Act, the government... Via funding lending programs through the government, the Federal Reserve Bank uh, took on 70 percent of all U.S. mortgages, including nearly 90 percent of new mortgages to low income areas of the country since 2009. So. 70% of the mortgages are experiencing some sort of forbearance, depending on the type of lending program you use to fund the mortgages. And the United States government is now on the hook for it. So if you can't pay your debt, hmm, that's going to be a problem. I mean, if you really look at this and you look at the worst case scenario, this is how you don't own anything and you'll like it. Because the government will now own your house. The Federal Reserve will now own your house. The bank will now own your house. Let me explain. Forbearance, in short, you're eligible to stop making monthly payments during the forbearance period. In the case of the government's backed mortgages during COVID, that meant you could miss 18 to 24 months worth of mortgage payments. But what you have to understand is, and this seems like not so bad, every payment missed is added to the end of the loan. So if you miss 12 payments, a 30-year mortgage becomes a 31-year mortgage. But you're also having to pay the interest. So a 31-year mortgage, because of the interest, is probably going to be a 32-year mortgage. Sounds still okay, right? Not so much. Not so much forbearance isn't a free pass to live anywhere you want without mortgage or without consequence. Here is the consequence, and it's not the 31 or 32 year mortgage. (sighs) If you try to sell your home, any missed payment during the forbearance period has to be made whole before the title will be released. So if you missed 18 payments of $1,800 each, you'll have to come up with $32,000 in cash to pay the forbearance to be able to sell your home. Because you owe that. Oh, here's uh, here's the other thing. Because you're in arrears... It doesn't say on anybody's credit application, oh, it's forbearance. It says you are delinquent with 18 months of loans. Do you know what that's going to do to the average uh, credit score? Banks are already going to be hesitant to lend anybody loans in the future because of this crunch that is coming. You have to have great credit. If you've been participating in forbearance, you are going to have delinquencies on your credit score, which will cost your credit card. It will go up in interest. And if you can get a loan, you're going to be paying a higher interest rate because you've been delinquent. Even if you sell your house and pay it off right now, it will still be marked delinquent. So it's a good thing I'm renting, right? Oh, Yeah, not so much. Here's the mistake that millions of renters made millions of times over. You're not forced to pay rent and landlords aren't allowed to charge late fees. Rent continues to accrue during the months you missed. Okay, no big deal. I'm going to live the high life. Well, now that the federal court has ruled the CDC has no power to uh, issue any kind of eviction uh, moratoriums. Renters are due for a rude awakening. If you started missing rental payments in, say, June of last year, as the moratorium is lifted, millions of renters may find out that they have to start making payments again, but they also have to make up for the money they missed. When the dust settles for COVID-19, renters who end up ev- evicted will find their long-term credit negatively impact. They won't be able to fill out in a, a, a financial form for the next apartment they're trying to rent. Because they owe all of this money and they didn't pay their last bills on time all during covid Now you're going to take, it's going to take a very understanding apartment complex or a very understanding bank, and they have such a heart, to say, oh, it was COVID, not a big deal. As America begins to reopen, as vaccines are administered, as America's shuttered businesses get permission to have patrons again, let's Take stock and remember that once the virus is gone, the impact, the the pandemic, the economic, the social, spiritual impact that this has. Remains just unpacking the U.S. mortgage and rental industries could take years and still cost homeowners, renters, landlords, billions in cost. Both those you hear about on CNN But also the cost of higher interest rates due to lower credit scores, having to choose to live in a less safe neighborhood with a longer commute because your rental history shows eviction. There are consequences to everything the government does when they say free money. It's never free as millions of Americans will begin to understand as America opens back up. business okay let's talk about something happy uh let's talk about uh grilling some burgers on the on the grill uh smoking some meat until it just falls off the bone RecTech will help you do that it is smart grill technology you know a, a motto in my house and everybody can say it we're buying it once we're doing this fix once uh I, I I'm trying to drill into everybody in the family. It, measure eight hundred times and cut once. Buy but buy the one that is the best quality, so you never have to buy it again. Rectech falls into that category. It's built like an absolute tank. It was designed by people who go, you know, from festival to festival to, you know, have the best barbecue. So they know good grills. They know what they need and they know what really will last on the road on you know, doing things with your, your grill that you'd never do. That's a Rectech and you will see the difference. I want you to A, B, compare them. Go to Rectech with a Q.com That's R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Find the difference. Find the one that you'll only have to buy once. Rectech dot com. You were listening to the Glenn Beck program. That's some bad news for uh, fans and voters of... Uh, of uh, president Miles? President Miles, mm-hmm. uh, Stu's dog, who's mm. older uh, in looks than uh, the president, but in activity and actual dog years, I think is much <laughs> younger. He's what, 17? Sixteen,
0: uh, 16, 16 years old. He's like that, going
1: yeah. to the he's going to the vet today. Yeah, he's having another issue. Okay. I I think we should start laying money down on who's going to serve their full four year term. <laughs> President Miles <laughs> or President Biden, which is the first? Oh God, uh, I
0: don't want to think about this,
1: but I'm not optimistic about a on a four
0: year term on Miles. Have, have you had, dog had Miles years,
1: maybe? Yeah. Have you had Miles for all seventeen years or sixteen years? Yeah, we got him as a little tiny puppy. Oh, uh, so he's been. Have around. you lost one? Like yeah, this. we had Phoebe. Yeah, and
0: I oh, that's Phoebe. right, and Phoebe. Phoebe was also 17, I think, when she died. Another pug. They they, they we lose all of ours around house. 11. Yeah, you, but that's because your your dogs are like you know attack dirt German yeah, shepherds. They're, they're supposed to. They don't yeah. usually last much longer than that, right? That's pretty long for yeah. That's a long for them. Like They've actually lasted long. I've always heard that pugs
1: don't last for a particularly long time but man we've had i mean how could you after you ran into the <laughs> into this into the sliding glass window over and over again to make your face look like that <laughs> i was watching that will ferrell movie the campaign have you, mm. ever, have you ever seen that oh
0: it's underrated i feel like it's i think it's a freaking funny movie but it's just about like a, a congressional uh it's zach galifianakis and and uh and will ferrell in mm-hmm. a in a movie about a campaign in a congressional district. But one of the things, they, they have really bad attack ads at each other the whole time, and they keep saying like, and, uh, you know, I think his last name is Huggins or something like Huggins, Huggins dogs are Chinese dogs, <laughs> and they're pugs. <laughs> <laughs> like half the movie's about pugs, I don't know, maybe that's why I like it. So much. It's a solid movie though, and they are Chinese dogs. Uh, so yes, do I have, I mean, is it possible that we have, you know, a uh, a situation with an undercover Chinese spy as president for President Miles. I mean, I think it's... It's
1: quite clear that is he sleeping a- with a Chinese dog? <laughs> <don't>, he's sleeping. <laughs> a is lot. his secretary Chinese? <laughs> Has he done any deals with Chinese
0: banks? Oh no, God! I always keep him away from <sighs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> from Fangfang fang, uh, and
1: <laughs> fang, fang would be an okay name for a dog, <laughs> for it, it right? Could be President fang, fang. Yeah, it could be. That could, could be, be around the corner. Yeah, but almost- for a real person that you're dating, I don't think so. I do. <laughs> I, think, I think all of my friends tell me, as my friend, if I was dating Fang Fang, mm-hmm. you would say, stop it right now. Right? It just, there is like a Dracula <laughs> sense to it, right? <laughs> yeah, There's two yeah, Fang yeah. and Fang. Yeah, Fang Fang. I'd be worried about yeah, that. No, you can't date her yeah. unless you can call her something else, but Fang Fang shall not be spoken of again. With
0: all the interest and in, in stuff that you talked about and all the money that we borrow from China, I mean, President Fang Fang's not out of the question. We may just no, have not. to give China... Look, you guys to name the president this time. Uh,
1: can we get a reduction in the rates? <laughs> you know, uh, I had a, a serious banker say to me one time, you don't have to worry about it. Well, what do you mean we don't have to worry about it? We're going to have to pay this back. Glenn, do you know how much the national parks are worth alone? Wait, wait. Wait, are you suggesting we sell the national parks to China? I I can't remember this conversation. (laughs) Remember that? And it was like, of course, of course, that's I mean, we're going to have to do that. We're just going to have to sell off land. Oh, okay. Hey, want to move up to Alaska? Better learn how to speak Russian. I mean, it's a fire sale. Everything must go. I say we start with the District of Columbia and Hollywood and manhattan (laughs) i mean we get a lot for that more much more than the 24 dollars in trinkets uh, but it would be hard to negotiate for dc because dc and hollywood i think china would already say we already own that what are you talking about Mm. you can't sell it to us twice you know what i'm saying uh all right next hour is a power hour but not the kind of power hour that Stu usually does (laughs) with drinking it's a power hour of information that you do not want to miss uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about pushback, the pushback that is coming uh, from critical race theory. People are starting to stand up and why it's important. What are we standing for? All next hour. Stand by.
4: This is the Glenn Beck program.
1: Boy, Stu, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be like you and to be out of shape like you are. Yeah, uh, it's sad. Mm -hmm. it is you've really let yourself go
0: unlike you who are top physical performance thank you you have noticed oh yeah yeah you are basically (sighs) adonis
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well i'm not greek but i see what you're saying right i see what you're saying that was the one flaw Uh, that was the one Mm flaw i'm not greek but hey you know you be you boo Mm -hmm. uh built bar I they say that it. because it makes everybody so Everyone in America everyone, cringes, everyone cringes. I love at the same it. time. <laughs> oh yeah, dog. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I eat built bars. Now some would say that I might eat too many of them. Hmm. Okay? Who, who would say I that? I don't
0: My wife. I don't know uh Well I can't, we came here the other day, you had you know three of these great flavors out and, and you were eating them seemingly like a sandwich. Like it was like Have you tried a, it?
1: Have you tried it? Oh, well you're supposed to Especially do. with their new, like, marshmallow ones. You put that in the middle, they are tremendous. <laughs> Three to five net carbs each. 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 Uh, but they're made with real chocolate. They're protein. They're really good for you. But the, the intent was, let's make a great snack. Let's make something that tastes good and then also make it healthy. BuiltBar.com. From Studio 8H, the Mercury Studios uh, lot here in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here today. And if you've missed any of the show, you got to catch it on the podcast. The first hour was unbelievable. An hour with uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He's one of the signers of the letter that was published by the flag officers, former flag officers of the United States. Uh, the constitutional responsibility uh, That they feel we all have And the things that we are now facing Worth a listen On today's podcast As is this hour This hour we are going to Give two things One uh, The threads That seem to be uh, Fraying right now In our flag How do we Piece them all back together, especially in this chaotic atmosphere that we're living in. We're going to talk about that next. And at the bottom of the hour, the people that are pushing back on critical race theory. It's about to go to the big stage. We'll tell you about that beginning in 60 seconds. Stand by. The Glenn
0: Beck Program. So as you or anyone in the know might be aware, Chamonix has decided to extend their Mother's Day special for another week. So you still have a chance to get all those amazing skincare products for the special moms in your life. My own mom loves Chamonix. She's uh, going to get it for basically every year because she uses it up and loves it. Uh, order uh, the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness, which is kind of like the, the main thing you're going to order here. Then they're going to load on the free stuff because that's what Chamonix does for you. You'll get uh, the jawline treatment, the Zotique deep correcting serum, absolutely free. Uh, as an additional after Mother Day, Mother's Day gift, they're going to give you their legendary GenuCell anti-wrinkle treatment and moisturizer, also free. Three free gifts when you order today. You can still speed that, uh, sp- uh, treat that special mom in your life uh, with the greatest skincare that money can buy. You'll see results in 12 hours or your money back. Nothing to lose, nothing to risk here. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-577-8709. 800-577-8709. They're also going to upgrade you to free priority shipping. That's today. Call or click now. Happy Mother's Day, even though it's a little bit in the past, from Chamonix. GenuCell.com is the place to go to get it. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com.
1: So a guy who's been center of the battle, especially when it comes to Hunter Biden and the electronic media of Twitter and Facebook and Google being banned, Uh, he is the opinion editor of the New York Post. Uh, He was on with us last time when he wasn't allowed to talk on social media about the story. That the new york post had written about with uh with hunter biden which turned out surprisingly shockingly were you shocked still turned out to be entirely true stunning i was a stunning developer crazy Mm. uh earlier this week i read a uh, an op-ed piece from him wokeism will swallow our kids unless we restore the west's great traditions and i wanted to get him back on because i was really moved by uh, that op-ed his name is Sorab Amari, and uh, he joins us now. Rob, how are you?
3: How are you, Glenn? Thanks for having me back.
1: You bet. Uh, I want to start with your, if you can, in a, in a nutshell, uh, recap the article that I was just talking about with your, your kid and the radicals at your kid's school.
3: Sure. Um, So the the op-ed is is based off of my new book, The Unbroken Thread, Discovering the Wisdom of Tradition in an Age of Chaos. And it's a book I wrote for my own son, Max. He's four years old now. He was two when I started writing the book. And my anxiety is about what kind of a man our culture will chisel out of him. Mm. He's, I mean, obviously he's in pre-K, but I know lots of parents here in Manhattan who you know, come to me and whisper their anxieties. They send their kids to these elite schools paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 a year. And um, all that kids get, it seems, is indoctrination, the notion that um, certain races carry an essential sin, which is unwashable, and just not really learning anything. I mean, there was a time when you learned, you know, who was Napoleon? What were the Napoleonic Wars? As far as I can tell, all these kids do, and parents complain, is... You know, they meditate endlessly on their own race, sex, gender, and sexuality. And my argument to these parents is that actually the kind of ambient liberalism that they take for granted is not enough to overcome what they worry about. And in fact, you see that in their own lives. They complain to me, the only conservative that they know in New York City, but they don't, at the end of the day, they want their kids to get into Harvard, get into Yale, so they will just put up with the nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that that means that we don't, We don't have a substantive answer to give to wokeism. All we have is like, well, guys, let's uphold procedures. Let's not be too fanatical about this stuff. But if you're facing an ideological movement with a substantive vision, which wokeism is, it's a twisted vision, but it is a substantive vision. When you're facing something like that, you need to offer something substantive in response to combat it. And I argue in the op-ed and the book that it's drawn or based on that that is the great Western tradition, our classical tradition, Greco-Roman tradition, the Judeo-Christian foundations that are the moral substrate of our regime, our, our republic. You're, you're, um, that's the kind of thing for which we should be able to make sacrifices in defense of.
1: You are first-generation American, right?
3: Correct. I was born in Iran. I moved to the U.S. when I was uh, about to turn 14.
1: I will tell you, the the Iranians that I know that moved, you know, after the, the Shah are some of the greatest uh, entrepreneurs and Americans that I know. Uh, they know exactly what it's like uh, to lose everything and to live under totalitarianism. Um, is it true you used to be a Marxist or a communist or something? That's it's the true. charge.
3: Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you why. Um, I... So when I was growing up in Iran, I encountered religion only as it was handed down with the iron fist of the Ayatollahs. Uh, and I said, if this, is, if this is religion, then it's all a fraud, and I don't want any part of it. And mm-hmm. I declared myself an atheist at age 13 while still living in the Islamic Republic. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to the West, um, to the United States. And so I ke- kept that kind of atheistic militancy as a teenager and in, into my sure. late teens. And that meant, like, adopting the most radical uh, version of that, which is kind of historical materialism right. or, or Marxism. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, some of my critics will say he well, used to do that. It's only because I wrote a <laughs> memoir where I kind of did a tell-all. I, I,
1: I personally... Second- so yeah. I, I think that yeah. makes it strong. I think that makes your story stronger. I, I I like people who have had a transformation from something they really, truly believed, because it's hard to give up things that you believe. It's not easy. Um, you have to have find new friends and, and everything else. And you've done your homework on both. And you've, you've found freedom and the American system and traditions to be what?
3: Well, that... that- In fact, insofar as we have a humane, decent civilization, that's a good thing, and in order to preserve it, we have to attend basically to the Judeo-Christian roots that inform it all, because our rights-based system and all the rights that we have can take on a monstrous quality if they're not tethered to a deeper idea of what are rights for. Um, the, The classical tradition the Christian tradition, and I, became, I should note that a decade after my Marxism, I I, I converted to Christianity. These uh, traditions teach us that freedom is freedom to do what you ought to do, oh, yeah. and not just my right to define everything as I please and just have the maximal amount of choices. If you have that kind of a freedom, and it's not it doesn't have a moral foundation, I've I've seen this in my own life. I've seen it in the life of my peers now, um, on, on the East Coast rights become these monstrous things, and, and you that's how you get the radicalism of, for example, I, not only do I want to define how I live or what my kind of clothes I wear, but I want to define what my gender is, over against everything we know from biology, from genesis, the fact that men and women are fundamentally, immu- you know, immutably different. Mm-hmm. And you can't cross the sex boundary. You cannot become another sex. That's the kind of... Um, excess of freedom that I th- I worry about as, a, as an immigrant to this country who has enormous gratitude for this country I just worry that this new vision of freedom will actually lead to tyranny um, well and and the, isn't that's the new the paradox of the West
1: I mean isn't the new definition of freedom and I, I want to make it clear that I think um, the, the biggest freedom I have found is through my faith. And my Mm -hmm. particular brand of faith has a lot of rules and regulations. You know, don't do this. Do do that. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so some people would say it's so confining. No, no, no. It is unbelievably freeing if you choose to do it uh, because it just makes things uh, all consistent in your life. And it is very, very freeing. The the idea of freedom now to the left is force people to do things. Uh and you're you're free as long as you do these things while rejecting all traditional kinds of responsibility.
3: Yes. Um so the argument in my book I mean as you can encounter it in the op ed as well but I lay it out much at greater length in the book is that um that those traditional limits and restraints like the one that your face Um, compels you to do what you choose to do, Mm -hmm. those limits actually make us free. Yes. And the loss of those limits, although at first we're told that here's, here's liberation, get rid of the dead hand of the past, get rid of the dead hand of tradition and faith, and you'll find greater freedom, we find once those barriers are gone that we're less free. So, for example, one of the arguments in the book is the loss of the American Sabbath, as you know, uh, Glenn, in, in this country, going back before the founding of the republic, Americans had a very clear idea of Sabbatarianism, and that one day a week you, you reserve for for God, for the things of God, for contemplation, for being with family. And it took a long time. It was only very recently that the last kind of statewide blue law went away. And that looks like freedom, um, and it was sold as freedom. But what it really meant is, is freedom of large corporations. Mom-and-pop shops, small businesses didn't necessarily want it. Uh, the labor movement didn't want it. And the result isn't that we're doing more. We're just more harried. Yes. We're not, we're not uh, spending more time with it's our true. family. And we're kind of miserable. And so that's just one of the, those kind of paradoxes, or the idea that you, know, you should always think for yourself and not be subject to any authorities whether in my religion that might be, uh, you know, the, the the teachings of the Catholic Church, or, or or in yours the LDS Church, don't be subject to these kinds of things. Well, it turns out if you get rid of those kinds of ancient authorities, what you end up with replacing them is not your own mind. It's it's advertising. It's large corporations. It's big tech. Your it, it's the latest ideology.
1: Yes. Um, I'll tell you that, you know, people, you know, you can bash religion all you want uh, and even separate religions. If you care to do so, I have found that most religions have ninety nine percent in common. uh, And it's not that uh, it's just the religion is the way to help each individual uh, understand those things. I was walking down the stairs on Sunday and we were getting ready for church. And my son was like, oh, I hate Sundays. And I was thinking to myself, I have to, because he hasn't found God himself. Everybody has to find it on his own. And uh, right now he's going to church because we make him. Uh, but uh, I, I, had to, I, I thought, I have to find a way to um, have him understand the Sabbath uh, in a secular sort of way. Uh, because that's really all of these traditions are, is an understanding. If you want to take God out of it, okay, one day. Turn everything off one day reconnect with what's real and stop just take a breath stop and it does change your life even if it's not connected to God it will change your life
3: yes stop and and set aside the acquisitiveness the competition the rivalries the gossip And and as you say, the unreality of our lives, so much of it's spent uh, you know, arguing with each other, and um, in the process of arguing with each other online, all we do is enrich, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and, and uh, right. the owner of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, <laughs> right. and those people. Is, we're not enriching ourselves. Um and so, and that is what the Sabbath is about. You know, Rabbi Heschel, the great Jewish thinker, called it a palace in time. Most of our life is spent in the, in the realm of space, in competition, prosperity. And those are fine. Those are real goods. But you also have to reserve some time for, for time, for the eternal, for God. Yeah. And it has, as you say, it has secular benefits.
1: It does. It does. Um, uh, when we come back, I want to ask you, you've said that David Frenchism has cost the, uh, right, the culture war. And I, I want to delve into that here for just a second. Uh, in 60 seconds, we'll return with Sohrab Amari. He is the opinion editor of the New York Post and the author of The Unbroken Thread, Discovering Wisdom of Tradition in an Age of Chaos. All right. Let me uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's LifeLock. Hey, don't you wish uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, Colonial Pipeline had uh, LifeLock? Could have had a team of specialists work on that maybe they wouldn't have paid the five million dollar ransom they paid it they paid it where the hell was our government all right uh this is going to become more and more common especially when there's no consequence so you could be working for a company you could have your home uh hacked into and everything is gone every you don't have access to anything they shut down your life. You need somebody watching your security. Now, Lifelock is not going to be able to catch everything. You know, I don't think Lifelock would have been able to stop the, the, uh, the hackers of uh, DarkSide. However, uh, they do have a team that is working there to fix anything that happens. Uh, and that's where I think the rubber meets the road. And they've been in the business longer than anybody else. I think they invented this category of, of cybersecurity. It's LifeLock. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back. Call 800-LIFELOCK. 800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back and save 25%. 10 seconds. Station ID. Hmm. So Rob, you have said that uh David Frenchism uh it costs the right the culture war. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, um he, this is a debate I had a, a couple of years ago. Um it launched it, as as one New York Times columnist called it, it's the uh the the essay that launched The Thousand Think Pieces, where I <laughs> tried to identify one strand of social conservatism that, I, I, you know, I admire David. It's encapsulated by the figure of David French. And I admire David French in terms of he's been a great lawyer for um, religious liberty causes and so forth. But um, what it does is a kind of strategy of retreat for people of faith in the public square. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that, um, you know, faith has been an element of this nation's founding. Our founding is only sensible in relation to a kind of public understanding. you may differ about the theology you and I and others and our Jewish friends and Muslims and others, but this sense that people of faith have a public role to play and only finding fighting on the ground of religious liberty actually corners us, because it just says, okay, we just have these nutty beliefs, let us just have our own private little year and not, um, um, you know, that we wouldn't seek to um, re, re-imbue the public square with, with what our faiths teach about morality and so forth. What it does is, is it has is allowed the rise of, of this radical leftism. Again, I go back to the theme that there is no neutrality, if that was the lesson of the past two years, um, mm-hmm. and well, a much longer than that, but especially the past two years and maybe the year of the pandemic we see that this ideal this kind of liberal ideal that you'll have a neutral public square and you know people who believe that there are only two sexes and those who believe that there's 127 genders will just kind of contest one way or another we have to choose between the two and so we cannot um abandon the truth and say
1: yeah do you think that americans understand that i mean this is basically what was said by the the uh 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 of of you know all of our old generals and admirals yesterday or the day before they are saying basically you got to stand up there is no neutral this is what you're fighting and you're either with it or against it do we have that in us anymore
3: i i pray we do uh- you know, I, I, unfortunately, I think among our elites, even and perhaps especially a lot of our establishment conservative elites, you, you don't sense yes an urgency on their part about what we're facing. And I think you know the past four years with the treatment of uh, President Trump, um, and, and you know obviously David French was a severe critic, but he wasn't the only one. Of President Trump, you know, President Trump uh, understood a lot of what was happening but in a kind of intuitive way. And he's not a political theorist or a philosopher, but he just sensed that the ordinary American is having a harder and harder time living a decent, virtuous life because of, uh, uh, you know, free trade deals that were very one-sided and, uh, you know, the kind of assault of the left on just what it means to be fully human, what it means to be a person of faith, all that is under assault. He kind of understood it and, and you had the entire establishment, right? Just, seeking to sink him from day one. And so if, if, if it's up to the establishment elites of the Republican Party, I have zero hope. But yeah, I do I will, have hope in in the base of the party and in ordinary man.
1: I mean, I will tell you they have every right to take uh, Lynn Cheney out, etc., etc. But this is ridiculous. We're spending so much time on this. The country is on fire. Can you guys put together a list of things that you all can agree on, that we can all stand together on and fight as one? The time is running short.
3: Well, and it's been a, a kind of interesting disappointments, and it's for example, I, I keep coming to this back question of, of gender and sexuality, but it just what they're trying to make us do is help us lose our grasp on reality.
1: About twenty right? seconds, and that's
3: why I think it's very important too to, to for, for Republican governors to stand up for the difference between Amen. men and women just biological reality.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, the name of the book is The Unbroken Thread, Discovering the Wisdom of Tradition in the Age of Chaos by Sorab Amari. Talk to you again, Sorab. Thank you. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine you have a piece of paper that reads, good for one car, and you could take that paper to the car lot and drive away with a new car. But you don't need a car right now, so you save the paper for a rainy day. Then one day you wake up and the paper reads, uh, good for four tires. And you realize you should have gotten the car while the paper was still worth the whole car. This is actually what happened with Volkswagen in Germany. You saved and you got a piece of paper that said you get a Volkswagen. But then the war broke out and you didn't get the Volkswagen. And it wasn't settled until the 1960s. Well, that's what the dollar is. That's what's happening with the dollar. That piece of paper says you are entitled to... One dollar. Well, they're devaluing that dollar. Gold line. Gold is not devaluing. Uh, It is going to become more and more important. Right now, they have a special on their graded Liberty $5 coins. Those are the coins that I collect. It's a collection, uh, and it's a nice collection, and maybe you should start collecting them, too. Ask them why I'm saying that. Uh, They're waiting to hear from you. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com.
0: And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have some good news uh, that I'm going to have uh, Christopher Rufo. He's a contributing editor of the City Journal and senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. The guy is a machine. Uh, he is really the, the guy who first really started to expose critical race theory being taught everywhere. I think it started in Seattle, I think, is the first time I saw it. Uh, and then has been chasing it and uh, has some, uh, I think, some things that are coming that are very exciting. Uh, people are starting to stand up. And in fact, there's one major corporation that just kind of pulled back a little bit, which was a little surprising. Christopher Rufo is with us now. Hi, Christopher. How are you? I'm very
3: well. Good to be with you.
1: Thank you. So let's start with Disney this week. Uh, we found out through you that they were they were putting everybody through this critical race training and it was pretty horrifying.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it it was, it was really shocking. I had multiple sources within Disney uh, leak me these documents as whistleblowers and uh, Disney was saying that America was founded on systemic racism. It was telling employees that they had to listen to their black colleagues and not question their lived experience. Uh, It was also recommending resources where employees could, Take a white privilege checklist to see exactly how much white privilege they have. Uh, and it only got worse from there as things delved into politics. They linked employees to a resource that said uh, that they should defund the police, decolonize their bookshelves, uh, mm. and join a local, quote, white space, uh, whatever that might be.
1: So Disney really issued a statement to your release of their documents and said these internal documents are being deliberately distorted as reflective of company policy, when in fact their purpose was to allow diversity of thought and discussion on incredibly complex and challenging (laughs) issues of race. I know it's hard to keep a straight face even reading this.
4: Um, The Disney brand has a long release from the Soviet Union. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just breathtaking. And it's it's just pathetic attempt to deflect. But uh, the fact is, is that they confirmed that the documents were authentic. I posted the entire documents in full. So can't be distorted. Uh, and then the real switch was the the real funny thing is they said, well, you know, we love inclusivity. We've directed films like Lawn <laughs> and Black Panther. Um, I mean, it really is that I have black friends defense. It's like, no, we're not racist. We have uh, we made Black Panther is one of our best films. I mean, (laughs) you could see the corporate PR office just imploding in on itself. It was pretty beautiful sight. Yeah, I'll
0: say, Chris, though, they, they accuse you of intentionally misrepresenting these documents. I mean, you did post them all, but they said you intentionally were misleading people.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, that seems to be the go-to move when you get caught with your pants down, you have to point your finger at the person uh, who's there. So, you know, they claim that I distorted them. Uh, you know, that's categorically false. I posted mm-hmm. the entire set of documents. I did direct quotes. I posted contextual screenshots. And then the real tell, the real proof uh, and vindication for our reporting is that within 24 hours of, of making this press release, Disney deleted the entire diversity and inclusion program from their internal website um, so if they were so proud of these documents if they felt like they wanted to stand by them uh, they wouldn't have deleted them uh, and i think that's the ultimate vindication of my reporting
1: well pardon their pixie dust um, let me uh, let me ask you do you think this is i don't know if you saw that report from was it oklahoma uh one of the teachers that uh, was very upset at critical race theory being banned, and she said, I'm going to teach it anyway. I don't really care. Uh, I'll find my own way to do it. Is, do you think that's what's happening, or do you think they actually <laughs> got enough pushback on this to go, wait, we shouldn't maybe go there?
4: Yeah, it, it, it's hard to tell. Time Time will show us exactly where, but... Um, it's possible that it will come back, but I can I, I can say with a high degree of confidence that it's not going to come back in the same form. And what I think the dynamics that I'm hoping to create uh, can do is that when we expose these programs, which are not diversity training programs, they're political indoctrination programs, we raise the cost on these major companies. and And if they are getting pushback, if they're getting blowback, if they're getting heat for these things, It gives corporate executives, who in many cases probably don't even want to do this stuff, it gives them an easy out to cancel them, to reduce them, to limit them, to restrict them. And that's really the name of the game. We need to shift the incentives so corporations now pay a price for promoting these programs. uh, And and, then it gives the reasonable and rational executives who want to just focus on business, it gives them an exit ramp that they can say, well, you know this totally blew up we need to we need to totally rethink this program we've seen it with coca-cola we've seen it with disney we've seen it with coinbase uh, we've seen it with shopify a lot of companies are now starting uh to reverse course on some of these most destructive programs
1: and, but i do wonder if it's a smoke screen i mean you know uh, common core came back to many states just under a different name uh you know we have to be vigilant because they're shapeshifters they really are shapeshifters. Um, What are you seeing in uh, in the future? What are you seeing? I mean, I'm uh, I'm just going to come right out straight and ask you. I have heard that there are some things on the horizon uh, that people are mobilizing with and there is dramatic pushback coming Is that you care to comment on any of that.
4: Yeah, I I think that's absolutely right. I, 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 without revealing too many details, uh, I'm planning on continuing this series on woke capital. I have a number of major Fortune 100 companies in my crosshairs, that reporting will be coming out over the next few months. Uh, And then also, you know, Republican congressional leaders, uh, leaders in the Senate, uh, leaders in uh, the state legislatures, and then also state attorneys general are all starting to really mobilize on this issue. Uh, they realize that 70 to 80 percent of the American public rejects critical race theory in the classroom, right. rejects critical race theory uh, in the workplace. So this is a very much a winning issue. And I'm starting to see all of the pieces come together uh, to build this great uh, this great machine to start fighting back.
1: So have you seen because the, the polls show that it's really only the uber liberal white Uh, Democrats that are for this a lot. Most Democrats aren't even for this. Um, Are you seeing them stand up or is it just kind of, I'm not for it, but I'm not going to say anything.
4: Oh, I've sensed a a complete shift in momentum, especially uh, within elite institutions, corporations, private schools, uh, public schools, agencies. Um, What's happening is that the, the, the more that people stand up against this, it reduces the cost for others to stand up against it. So we have very courageous parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia, Cupertino, California, Springfield, Missouri, uh, Buffalo, New York is is starting to happen, where parents and families are starting to push back. uh, And then they're giving, uh, they're, they're clearing out the way so people don't have to be scared. And I think that's really the ultimate problem that we're facing that we need to solve is that People are terrified of speaking out against this stuff, even if they don't believe in it. And, and you know, as you said, the evidence is, is in. Most Americans don't believe in this. Most Democrats don't believe in this. And most racial minorities don't believe in this. So we have to take the initiative to break through that wall of fear that people have of speaking out. And once we do that, uh, we can go on pure offense.
1: Christopher, thank you so much for all the work you do. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the program thank you you know i'm reading this uh book uh right now i think it's daughter of the of the reich or something it was a new york times bestseller a couple of years ago i was in an airport and needed something to read i pulled that out and um uh i just i just read one of the chapters uh last night and it was these uh these kids in school and The teacher has been dismissed, uh, Jewish teacher, and a new teacher comes in and uh, he says, you and you come up to the front. And they're both Jewish students and the class likes them. And, you know, the main character of the book is friends. And she just can't understand how, first of all, the guy she likes, who's blonde and blue eyed, is Jewish. She's like, that's a mistake. Um, And her father is an SS guy and uh, uh, they start. He takes out the calipers and he says, look at her eyes. See how eyes her eyes are set so close. That's the sign of a shifty Jew and starts to measure her and talk about all these things as if she was an animal, not there and just Mm. says horrible things about her and then goes to the guy and does the same thing. And it's interesting because in the in the book, at least, the kids are whispering to each other, okay, enough. Because you see the girls start to cry. And at first, they just kind of put up with it. And then they, they start saying, okay, you've made your point. Move on. Um, and he doesn't. He keeps going. And the main character says, I stood up and screamed, stop. Except then I became aware that I hadn't said anything and I was still sitting in my seat. I was glued to my seat. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. This is exactly the same kind of thing. You know, you don't speak now. You're not going to speak when it gets more dangerous. You know what they're saying about people right now, what they're saying about white people, what they're saying about Asians, what they're saying about black people, all of it is racist and wrong and evil. And if you're not willing to stand up, especially in school, if our kids aren't willing to, uh, you know, uh, uh, speak out in school, a an institution you and I are paying for, an institution if they're going to the university that they or you are paying for, you think they're going to have the courage to stand up when their paycheck is online? Nobody's it's it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable to think that you're going to suddenly have the courage. If things continue to go down this road, they're going to get worse. And you're suddenly going to find the courage to stand. You got to stand right now. You have to stand right now. On last night's uh, Studios America, we went through some
0: documents um, uh, uh, from a a white privilege check from a high school in Pennsylvania where they go through and, and basically Outline why you're you don't understand your own privilege right you know um, are you able to uh, uh, to go shopping without being looked at right Mm -hmm. like kind of some of that gets sort of in that standard way Um, I, I can if I wish arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time I thought that one was fascinating so yes or no Glenn can you if you wish arrange to be in the company of people of your race most of the time I could if I wanted to yes you could If you wanted to, what would that make you? It would make you a racist. It would make you a racist, would it not? Mm -hmm, If you wanted to be in the company of your own race most of the time, Mm -hmm. that would make you just a freaking racist. And they act as if this is some privilege that poor black people can't quite get to because there's not enough black people around. Well, if a black person wants to spend all of his life... With other black people, then he's thinking too much about race.
1: Well, then that would be a an argument for if that's true, an argument for segregation, which they are for. now. Yes, that is. I mean, how (laughs) when they argue outwardly
0: for for segregation, when they argue outwardly for
1: discrimination, what do you think this is? Let me give you let me give you something we didn't get to today because I thought this just reminded me, you know, you're on the wrong side. You know you're on the wrong side when you're coming after uh Galgado's uh tweet yeah. yesterday, yeah. okay, where she basically says you have the right they have the right to defend themselves. Israel has a right to exist, mm-hmm. okay? Um a Muslim actress, Vina Malik, uh she she came out and she quoted. Uh she said um I would have killed all the Jews of the world, but I kept some to show the world why I killed them. Adolf Hitler. That was her tweet. <laughs> Subtle. You, know you're, <laughs> you know you're on the wrong side hmm. when you're being told to deny everything that you, ta- you were taught was right and wrong. And not from, not from just your parents. You might have had bad parents. But everything, everything good in society was teaching you. All of the heroes of the past, Martin Luther King. When you're told, nope, everything they said, it's the exact opposite. You better stand up. You just better stand up. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Patriot Mobile. How'd you like to get an amazing deal just for switching your phone service? You'll not only get an amazing deal, but you'll also do business with a company that shares your values at the same time. Sounds pretty good. Head on over to Patriot Mobile. If you switch today and bring your own phone, you're going to get 50% off your first two months, plus a free Patriot starter kit. While you're there, enter to win the free phone and cellular service for life. All the details are available at PatriotMobile.com slash back. Now, Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage, uses the same towers as all the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, they have plans that will fit any budget, including multi-line discounts. Switching is super easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash or call their U.S.-based customer service PatriotMobile.com slash or 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, so a new federal judge is uh, being interviewed, and things went well yesterday. Wouldn't you say, Stu? I think so. Her yeah. name is uh, Deborah Boardman. She's uh,
0: mm-hmm. supposed to serve as the federal district judge in Maryland and had an interesting exchange with Senator Kennedy.
3: The rational basis
0: test is. Do you know what the rational basis test is? Thank you,
3: Senator is? Kennedy, for that question. Um, I understand that that is probably the first level of review in the constitutional question, um, and certainly if that matter were before me in a constitutional matter, I would research the law, including Supreme Court precedent, Binding Fourth Circuit precedent, and I would apply it where applicable. What is it? Can you define the cash form? I cannot sit in here right now, sir.
0: So now you might not know what the rational basis test I is, don't. right? Um, it was described by one expert as this is like asking a carpenter what a door is and them <laughs> not being able <laughs> to tell you. <laughs>
1: Should you hire that <laughs>
0: carpenter? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. This okay. is really basic, uh, important, constitutional concept, which, by the way, is not really constitutional. But is but... she is she been impacted by racism in any way? Oh, that's a great question. You know, you know, getting I... accurate answers is part of the white culture. Exactly I don't know if you know that. Right.
1: Thank you, Stu. Now mm-hmm. you're getting it. Thank, Thank you. you. Podcast with Nikki Haley tonight. This is the Glenn Beck Program.